Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I'm Steve. And this week, whilst Key drives Stinky to Rattlesnake Ridge, I'm joined by the inimitable Frasier fan club admin and Frasier extraordinaire, Steve Newton. Steve, how are you? I'm good, actually. Thanks, Will. Uh, thanks for having me back on. I'm actually a little bit disappointed you haven't opened with a uh, joke about a Dutch businessman trying to uh, install Windows 95. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get there. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. And by way of introduction there, we're looking at Season 4, Episode 14 this week, To Kill a Talking Bird, in which Nas, new resident of the Montana, tries to curry favour with his building by hosting a dinner party with unexpected avian results. Steve... What are your thoughts on parrots and birds of paradise? Do you know, I was dreading the fact that you were actually going to ask me, have I ever had a bird, which I haven't. Um, <laughs> I mean, do you know what? Actually, I mean, the cockatoo is actually a fascinating bird in the episode. So, yeah, mm. I'm quite a fan of birds. I, I do quite like her. Uh, you, you, you wouldn't like be turned off if you go to someone's house and they've got a big cage in the corner of the kitchen and there's a, do you know what? As a fan of abuse at you. As a fan of taxidermy, uh, when I go and see my friend Gary, who has got, he is a taxidermist, he has been for uh, probably over 30 years, he actually has crows and magpies and uh, jays living in his house. He, uh, wow. If he finds injured ones or anything, he'll literally have them in cages around the house and he does oh, let wow. them out and fly. Um, and they the fly crows. domestically within indoors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the crows are absolutely amazingly intelligent. They will sit there. They will work out how to open a cage. They'll watch you like prisoners. And every time you open that cage, they'll work out that the lock slides across and it flips up and it lets you out. And eventually they mimic that with their beak, pulling it across and they'll let themselves out. So he has to padlock them because crows wow. can work out exactly how to get out once they've seen you do it. That's They're very, so very clever. crazy, man. I'd be, be, if like, I'd just be scared to death if I forgot to padlock it one night. They'd just be like stalking on the on the landing to my bedroom. Yeah. Like they'd, they'd come to get their revenge. Um, yeah, they're very, 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 very clever birds. I mean, they're very good at imprinting as well. So I think his wife's got quite a <laughs> significant laugh. And unfortunately, the birds will pick that up. So the more she no laughs, way. the more they then laugh back at us. So it is a bit like... Uh, God, you just don't expect it from like, you know, I guess birds we see every day. But then I do forget that, like, as you say, crows are particularly yeah. intelligent. So Yeah, and, and obviously magpies with the stealing of things and, and robbing of nests. Yeah, they're, uh, they're a clever species. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Listeners, if you own any birds, let us know. The chances might be slim or they might not. We'll, uh, we'll find out in, in listener mail in a few weeks. Um. But before we get to the review, Steve, shall we jump into Trivia Corner? Yeah, I'll tuck myself in and jump over as Key would. <laughs> tuck yourself in, pull the blanket up. Um, we have our usual questions from Hamish, uh, Corey and Co. So I'm going to open with Hamish's for you this week, Steve. Question numero uh, Fraser's medical power of attorney means he won't what? Is it have to pay anything if Martin has to go? <laughs> Yes, it is. For, for, to really push you, do you know specifically the amount of money he won't have to... Uh, oh, no, I, no, I couldn't answer that. It's a $20 bill. $20 bill, <laughs> there you go. Um, but excellent. I'm going to give you the point there, of course. Question two. In the past six months, Frasier has tried what four things to meet a woman? Um, and, and, I, and some of these things include, like, locations. Yeah, one of them's look lost or needing help in the produce aisle of the supermarket, I believe. That is the last one, I think. Crikey, four of them. That's the that, I've got to be honest, that's a tenuous way of picking up someone of the opposite or, you know, same sex. I just don't see that working, you know, looking helpless in the, in the produce section. Do you know what? I think it used to be uh, it used to be singles night on a Thursday night in Sainsbury's. That was always the joke that uh, that's when all the single people went to uh, look lost in Sainsbury's. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was when I lived in Ipswich, actually. So that's look forlorn whilst holding a cucumber. Um, no, do you know what? That's the only one I can think of. Okay, so two two of them are really common. You'll be like, oh, of course, blind dates. He's tried. Yeah, singles bars. He's tried, and a lecture series at the museum again seems a bit tenuous. If very, 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 very Frasier, that one. <laughs> it is a lot like Frasier. You know, maybe that's why you're not meeting anyone because these are extraordinarily niche means of, of doing so. But there we go. Um, quite a tough one there, Steve. Quite a tough one. Question three. Um, oh, this is a goof question, apparently, but it's addressed to Key. But of course, this week it's Steve. How long does it take Hot House Orchid, which is Caitlin from our trivia group, to make a chocolate cake? And what European country does the recipe come from? I have no idea <laughs> how this links to the episode, but I'm going to ask you anyway, Key. I have no idea how I'm supposed to know the answer. <laughs> Key wouldn't have known this anyway, but uh, how long does it take Hot House Orchid to make a chocolate cake? And what European country does the recipe come from? Maybe this is referenced in the episode. I'm trying to think about what food they're making for the dinner party. Hmm. Doesn't he go? He goes out on a date with Rita, doesn't he? And is she the is she the girl? Is it Rita? She's the girl that he says the souffle souffle was going to take another thirty minutes, and she says, "Oh dear God, no!" Oh, oh dear God, no! Maybe, so, yeah, maybe. I if, I, if for... I'm being really blind here, please let me know, um, Hamish and Caitlin, what, what I'm missing here. I don't so again, know, uh... what was the question? What was the dessert, and how long would it take? A chocolate cake. How long does it take, uh, Caitlin? To make the chocolate cake, and what European country does the recipe come from? I really don't know. <laughs> I mean, I really don't blame you here, Steve. <laughs> yeah, you've stumped me. What's the answer? <laughs> At least 24 hours is how long it takes to make the chocolate cake. And from Germany, the recipe is from Germany. There you go, the beloved bosom of Bavaria. Um, but yeah, I, I just I, I like the question, but I feel bad for, for directing it at you, Steve, completely I'm very unprepared. I'm to find out the answer as soon as we do. <laughs> because, yeah, any any context there, I'm, I'm going to need it. Um, trivia for Little Owlet in the Glen, or from Little Owlet in the Glen here. To show the similarity between Maris and a late, and Lady, Frasier turns a poi ramekin upside down and places it on her head to mimic a pillbox hat. Yes. What American fashion icon popularised the pillbox hat? You guys are slaughtering me. <laughs> oh no. This one <laughs> This one is hard, but not like the previous question. Um I mean she's she's famous as a woman in her own right. You know, this isn't a uh, this isn't meant to be a misogynistic comment, but she is a, a famous wife as well. That's what that's my clue for you. Oh, I think I know actually. From that clue. Mm. I mean, a hat, a hat is it Jackie Kennedy. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well played. And I mean, you because you said to... famous wife, and I'm th- right. That, that's narrowed it straight you've down. Got it, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to throw a little bow in there. That was a tough one. Um, trivia from Juicy Wench, Steve. <laughs> How does Frasier suggest Niles relax the bird? Oh, this is uh, deliver the keynote speech he had. I can't remember absolutely, what it was. It's, it's that's absolutely speech. right. The Psychiatric Association that's has it. to bring excellent stuff, excellent stuff. And finally, you can take a pause after this batch, Stephen, <laughs> and maybe breathe a sigh of relief. So this is from Hot House Orchid, from Caitlin herself. What filming oops was there in this episode? You know, a, a kind of a an error in production, etc. cetera. Oh, filming oops. Oh wow! I didn't. I'm gonna to have to go back and look for this. This is really interesting. 
But again, does baby tough. the bird take a poop somewhere that we don't see, or like we should that? See? I'd love to say. <laughs> I'd love to say that. Is that your guess? Yeah, I'm guessing. I mean, I can't think of anything. Um, it seen, is so. when Frazier leads Niles out of the kitchen to inform his guests about his mishap. You can see two pieces of tape on the floor in front of the little table that I oh, think had oh, alcohol in it. I believe these are the marks. Let the actors know where to stand for certain yeah, scenes. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And also in the kitchen where the back door is for Daphne does dinner. There's yep. just obviously now an industrial sized fridge freezer. Yeah, it's a fridge in there. Yeah. Yes. There we go. It could be a sub zero, which I learned from your listener mail is actually a brand of freezer. It is. It is. Again, actually... again, my point kind of stands that it's a bit of a stupid brand name because it's in the course. It's going to be sub zero. I don't understand. Yeah, but I mean, what what better name for a, a freezer? Than... It's very kind of yeah. What it says on the tin. <laughs> exactly. Um, a real boon for nominative determinism. There, it is exactly what it's describing. Um, anyway, Steve, take a sigh, take a you know a breath, and read out your trivia. For yeah, me. they were definitely tough. Um... They were tough. Mine are a really hard. I'd, have, I'd have fared a lot worse than you, so a valiant effort there. Well, question number one, Will. Let's which three characteristics does Fraser say Lady shares with Maris? Oh, God. Oh, In the apartment, describes yeah, it's like, three it's things like, that bring them together. She's did it, just did it, you know, stand her up in a Chanel suit, blah, blah, blah. What have you got? Um, oh, my God. She doesn't eat. No, that's not one of them. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> um. Oh my god, man! This should be like this is the bread and butter of trivia. This compared to the questions you had, I should be slamming this out the park. <laughs> um. Oh, give me just give me a vague the vaguest clue you can possibly give me. Um. One is anything with anything to do with sleeping. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, a temperature of Maris, maybe. I, I, I did. I swear on your life, I did think he said she's like not cold to the touch, or she's yep, just cold to cold, the touch. Is cold, one of them. Cold to the touch. There we go. Um, she's cold to the touch. That's actually the middle one. So is the one is the... cold to the touch and? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna just have to guess. Like she's haughty, you know, like hoity-toity. But I don't think that's what it is. It's close. Highly strung. Highly strung. Cold to the touch. And is it is it about her relationship with Niles, the next yes. one? Is it like she's repulsed by you or something? Maybe not quite that strong. She ignores you. She ignores you. God damn, that was a painful Niles, she's highly strong, cold to the touch, and ignores you. <laughs> Stand her up in a Chanel suit. No, no, no. What have you got? Oh, God. Sorry. So, it was a laboured limp over the uh, finish line there. Well, with that, I hate to say it, but question two is kind of similar. Okay. What three characteristics does Martin say baby shares with Maris? Not that because Niall says she's so white, she's almost blue. Correct. That's one. She maybe this is about the sleeping and eating. She sleeps it, all day. There's actually three things that Niall says, but Martin then says that's exactly how he introduced Maris. Yeah, I, I maybe I still have eating and sleeping in my head before you're correct so, on the eating. The phrase is eats every other day, eats every other day. So white, um, almost blue. And there's one word at the start of that. Oh. You can have to tell me. She's exotic, eats every other day, and so white, she's almost blue. It's exotic, man. Of course. <laughs> it's a freaking bird of paradise. <laughs> oh, my God. So, question number three. Here we go. Baby has three. Uh, has six phrases. 
that she says, what are the six phrases? And I'll give you bonus points if you do it in baby's voice. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> cute but stupid. <laughs> cute but stupid is one of them. Uh, um, Stephanie, Stephanie's horny. Stephanie's <laughs> horny is one uh, of them, yes. Um, P- Peter's a lech. Peter is a lech. Carol's a lush. Carol's a lush. Um, one of them Niles teaches her or is trying to teach her. Oh, I, I love you. I love, love you, Grandma. Your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is Niles tries to teach her and says, you know more French than my father does already. Oh, bon appetit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Correct. Sorry, I was there drinking. Yes, go. bon appetit. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. <laughs> Have you got any more for me, Steve? That's it. Perfect. That Absolutely love those. Lot of beautiful... Sorry. <laughs> no, you know, beautiful questions. You know, three is the, is the perfect amount. So I can get back to torturing you with some more um, from MK and the other side of the trivia cadre. Question numero uno from MK himself. What is the name of Fraser's initial blind date? From where does Roz know her? And what token of the date does Fraser still likely have? So I have Rita. Rita. my grandmother's name, so I did notice that one and remember nice, it quite nice. well. Um, sorry, what was part two? Uh, from Who where does know Roz know her? And what token of the date does Fraser likely still have? It's the gym, I think. Close so, enough. Aerobics class. class. Yeah, aerobics yeah. class. But gym's and good enough for me. I would imagine, <laughs> I love this line, he maybe still has her coat, because I quote, just keep it. Just keep it. Exactly. <laughs> a suede jacket. Um, suede leather jacket, I think. Yeah, yeah, suede jacket, but yeah, just keep it. I love it. She said, Perfect. oh, dear God, no, for the souffle. And she forgot her coat. Just keep it. Just keep it. <laughs> How long? Like, oh, my God, what did you do to her? <laughs> How long does Fraser claim he's had to play host until he convinces Niles to reveal why he's been hiding in the kitchen? I'd go with half an hour. 45 minutes oh. very close there steve and uh and oh yeah well, oh no sorry there's another point to this mk's commentary which is a really short amount of time for stephanie to get upset about and threaten leaving given that niles is actually cooking the dinner yeah very good point. because she does then say i've got a really early flight well how long did you do you expect to walk into the apartment get served dinner and then go home i know yeah did you think she'd be like in drank eat gone in 45 <laughs> minutes I and mean, that's just not how it works definitely um, from the time when Niles turns away from the front door with mail in hand to the time that we first see Stephanie, how many times do the Crane boys say the word people? So this is like, you know, they're, yes, they're people I have people. people. I'm four. Double it. Eight. Eight, eight times. Lot. That is a, a lot, lot of people. Of, <laughs> a lot of people in a very short amount of time. Um, but that, those are all of MKs. I've got two more of you, Steve, and then you're, uh, you're free. It. Trivia from Run For Your Life. There are two references to privateers, scallywags, and other sailing ne'er-do-wells of the seven seas in this episode. Can you name them? I'm pretty sure Fraser uses a vast view matey when he sees the bird. Absolutely. The other one comes from Fraser's interaction with Stephanie as a clue. I'm appallingly bad at this today. Oh, no, oh, you've had I'm some tough drawing, drawing another blank there. Stephanie mentions that she saw Fraser as the pirate king oh, of the pirates course. of Penzance. Yeah. I knew you'd kick yourself with that one. She saw um, it with her husband. He wasn't her husband then, but he is now, but he's not oh, anymore. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I have um, next husband too. <laughs> <laughs> Trivia from Noel Crane to see us to a close today. What do we see Fraser doing this episode that we've heard him talk about doing in every episode thus far? What do we see Fraser doing this episode? 
talk a very about. common motif for Frasier, and we see him do it. Light the fire? Tossing a salad. Oh, tossing a salad, of course. Tossing a salad. Where did I get light the fire from? <laughs> he does say, let's light the fire, though. He does yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah. Um, Because he wants to get some ambience in there. But excellent question. Yeah, he's got a woman coming over. He always wants to light the fire. And my head just went straight there. Honestly, maybe he's just a big Doors fan. Who knows? Yeah. Um, But so good, everyone, with your questions this week. Some, some real tough ones in there. Um, So thank you for writing those. Shall we jump into the review this week, Steve? Yeah, let's get out of Trivia Corner. I don't like let's, that. Let's get out of there. That's, <laughs> That's a bad place today. today. We're embarrassed. Um, can you remember what the animation was for this episode? I will be American and say an elevator. I always say elevator, and Key gives me a little slap around the wrists. But I've um, gone with lift, but for the yeah. American listeners, yes, an elevator going up. It's quite a classic scene, actually, for to see it going up in the uh, the space. It is. It's a real right. nice one, very iconic. I like it a lot. You know, my thoughts on the balloons, as as of yours, very well, well known. Let's not go back to there. Let's not go back to the balloons. Let's leave <laughs> them in the trivia balloon. Balloons are gone. <laughs> <laughs> They're gone. Um, Daphne commenting on Fraser's smartness now to begin the episode. He's always wearing a suit. Yeah. Doesn't this strike you as a bit odd? I mean, is he put on a special suit for his date? Well, this is the question. Did you get that vibe? I didn't think it was any more special. He didn't have dog saliva around his ankles, which is what he normally puts on before he goes to a date. Eau de Cologne. <laughs> um, um, maybe he looks like he's got a slightly kind of suede blazer on. Like it looks like the colour of the blazer or the material is different to the, the pants. Yeah, it's not like it's a three-piece suit and it's not a special tie, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's always in a suit at work. I wouldn't yeah. say it was any more posh or special than any other evening out for him. And I would like, unless it's really, really well fitted, if someone always wore a suit or a different kind of suit, I, I wouldn't be able to tell what's an yeah, expensive I mean, suit and what's not. For him and Niles going out, black tie is a big deal, isn't it? Mm, you know, yeah. the scarf around the neck the white scarf oh the they love the white thing. scarf it's That's... a big difference from wearing a suit to work coming home putting a different suit on and going back out again <laughs> exactly dressing up that's going out in your work clothes isn't it <laughs> <laughs> so i mean speaking of niles he was in the neighborhood for a pedicure and a seaweed wrap and he thought he'd stop by um ever ever had a seaweed wrap steve do we know i mean i've had seaweed in sushi but i mean i don't quite know what it would look like as a wrap yeah, I don't, I don't know how you do that. Is it big sheets of it? If they sort of somehow... Because that's, that's what they do with the sushi, don't they? They roll it and then you slice it into the little... Yeah. You could wrap a person in it, <laughs> surely. You could, in a, in a pinoir and leave them on a beach. Um, I mean, do you, do you like sushi, Steve? Completely irrelevant. Uh, not a massive fan of... Uh, I really sushi. got into that in a big way about a year ago and I'm just kind of addicted to it now. But I get why people aren't, aren't huge on it. Um, Niles has officially joined the Montana. I'll be honest, I I forgot that it was this episode he moves there because this is such an iconic Montana episode that you kind of forget this is like this is the inauguration of one of the greatest sets on the show. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, mean, it's it's odd that it's the first one. It's actually the set. I think it's the second episode we see um, Lady in, isn't it? The dog. Mm. Because I I believe was it you and Key mentioned was it the previous episode or the one before about whether you'd seen the dog. Oh, sorry. Um, recently, she actually comes in the show in chest pains in season three. That's the first chest pains is her first ep. So you're looking at nearly twenty episodes ago, possibly. Wow, I would I would have never guessed in a million years it was chest pains. So and then so the dog just know. disappears for nearly a season, and then <laughs> back in in this one because he's moving. She literally comes back just so she can leave. Honestly, I mean, who do you think needed the pedicure, lady or not? There's no way you can end that sentence. It'll make me proud. <laughs> <laughs> That's the million dollar question, the unanswered question of this episode. Um, 
she's playing hard to get now. Nars quote there trying to shift Lady to uh to to Martin, obviously, because the Montana don't take pets. Um, does it strike you as odd a building like the Montana? Their their pet policy, but they're fine with birds and things. Like I yeah, feel like they have birds a... and hamsters, but no cats and dogs. I feel like they'd be pretty blanket nothing, or the concessions are wider than Nars actually yeah. says they it, are. It's pets or no pets, isn't it? Really? Mm, I think so. I mean, but to quote Martin, I don't know what the hell this thing is. <laughs> <laughs> but Just... it's not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a dog. I mean, I'm not like I'm not huge on whippets as a breed, um, but I would never disparage them to the point where i'd say this isn't i don't know what this thing is you know i does my um my kind of sister-in-law's family have a whippet and it, she's lovely um yeah you know. i mean whippets as a dog they're a very gentle breed they um, are they it, can't they help are. it they're so skinny yeah i mean that's the way they're made greyhounds greyhounds don't um in that sort of family italian greyhounds don't hold a lot of fat they are literally mm. muscle dogs and they yeah. don't they don't hold body fat at all i actually um i'll give a shout out to will and jace podcast i don't know if you've listened to their podcast before yeah I'm familiar with those um, guys they actually did this episode and and reviewed particular uh, talking bird and they actually had one of the executive i think she might have been an assistant director for this episode did a voice clip and sent it to them and she actually said that that dog she believed was always cold on set and um, because it was always shivering. The thing is, naturally, they do quiver. And obviously, they've got no body fat. So it was freezing cold on the set. The dog was freezing cold, apparently. Oh, my God, that's She sad. went into detail about it. And apparently, someone else came onto the set and said, um, the set's too cold. And she said, well, the star of the show likes it this way. So that's why we keep it cold. So it was Kelsey's choice to have it freezing cold. But obviously, the dog didn't like it, nor did some of the actors. Oh so but it, was a, it was an interesting little clip to have and and thanks to will and jace obviously for putting that onto their podcast it was quite interesting to listen that is to interesting i'm trying to think what i would prefer working on a set whether i'd want it to be too too hot or too cold i mean i think he be... wanted to keep it it's it, she said it was about the balance between obviously the the amount of lights and the amount of audience they had in there that made the stage very hot so therefore he asked for air conditioning to make it really cold right. obviously the dog just didn't appreciate that at all and it, it well, just quivered quite a lot so man i didn't think the day would come where i'd feel sympathy for lady but you've uh <laughs> You've provoked it there, Steve. Right, um, she goes to the nice little family. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ramekin on, on her head now, the still shot of, 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 of Fraser holding that ramekin on her head, one Absolutely of my favourite frames of the yeah. entire show. Like, that out of context, that is just incredibly funny. But, like, even with the context of this scene, just incredible. And it's the fact it's the got, dog just stays so perfectly motionless. It's got to be almost the first time we actually see Maris on, yeah. on the stage. Honestly, I mean? for there my is, money, that is that's Maris. Maris. Like, when yeah. people say we never see Maris, yes, you do. She has a poi ramekin on her head <laughs> and she's in the living room. Um, but, yeah, I mean, kudos to this dog because I don't, I don't know, maybe you'd get one on Eddie, but maybe he'd be a little bit like, you know, what the hell are you doing? Eddie's quite a proud beast. Um, well, as you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Matilda de Cagney, the animal trainer that obviously owned Enzo and, and Moose, who played Eddie. Uh, that dog is one of hers, obviously trained by her. What lady notice, is? Yep, you'll notice there's a massive absence of Eddie in this episode. He's not there. Uh, Eddie doesn't yeah. appear at all, or not that I saw in this episode. And I, I presume that's because Matilda's um, sort of concentrating on Lady, therefore Eddie didn't need to be there so moose or enzo or whichever one it was at the time i think it would have been moose i think so probably not around because they had to concentrate on lady and i think she also was part of the company that brought the cockatoo in so therefore wow. matilda had a lot to do that day i presume moose was uh 
sort of backstage or not on not on set that day to he was to just answering it. his fan mail back in the trailer yeah. wasn't he yeah, yeah it's the most popular uh cast most member. popular ever there you go <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's a great little fact there steve um we're now open in in kacl and we learn of frazier's kind of recent dating ills um of course we have the the kind of extended the punchline just keeps coming with with the anecdote of rita um and ross's delivery you know what did you do to her which just absolutely <laughs> kills me um and then is, is it ross that gives him the advice like as soon as you stop looking it kind of it falls into place or you, you know you'll come across someone do you do you believe that as a mantra steve i think i think honestly yes um i think i do too because i think the more you try and force a relationship even a friendship the more you try you won't find, and then naturally someone will come across, do you know what I mean, your path there and, and you'll strike up a conversation and you'll just become friends because of common knowledge or common ground or something like that. Whereas if you try and become interested in their things, you're not going to do it. It's not going to yeah. work. You can't I think that's that. what Frazier was trying to do. I mean, even with, I've got to look up her name quickly, Christine. Christine. That's what it says on her driving license anyway. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> But the fact that, she walks in and he literally goes oh right so and and tries to put in that effort and she just goes yeah it's just creepy go away and you think actually yeah if you went up to an attractive woman and spoke to him that way it probably would be a yeah why are you talking not to not great not great yeah, yeah just say hi carry on do you know what yeah. i mean and she'll think oh he was cool he's he's you know laid back but the way he comes across to her yeah i think i'd have turned around and walked hey, out as well don't linger like a bad smell which i think is what fraser's is doing here um i mean christine i've put classic 90s hair i can't even remember what her hair looks like but something struck me when i watched this as being very 90s is it quite you big yeah i think it was short red and very f- sort of choppy wasn't it very flicked out she's very that she was, was very it, cool yeah. Very, um, yeah, very cool. Like kind of listening to No Doubt and, and that kind of thing. I'm sure. Um, yeah, I mean, she was very, game. very attractive, striking young lady to walk in. And Frasier has really needed to thump his last melon for a while. The way he spoke to her, and he has. <laughs> and off he goes. My, my boy is uh, is starving here. Um, okay, now we're after we've kind of had Frasier's romantic ills and him lamenting his love life. We were at Montana, the Montana, for the first time. Um, one of my favorite lines and deliveries of this episode is from Niles. Um, you know, oh, the, the security is not so good as you think it is, Niles. You know, the doorman just let me ride in. That's because he lives in your building. Absolutely kills me. I love that. Well, I made I made a few notes about that because is the Montana more elite than Elliot Bay? In my head, yes, but that doesn't mean a doorman and presumably the salary he's on at the Montana would be able to afford somewhere in Elliott Bay. So the joke kind of has, you know, a couple of issues with it for me. But well, I that's look... what I mean, because then where do the Elliott Bay doormen, where do they live? They live at the Montana. So where they do the Montana at... doormen live? Do the they Shangri-La. Live the... <laughs> 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 See what I mean? Where do they go? <laughs> um, I was just, yeah, this doesn't quite work. Like, I do think the Montana's more prestigious, but then I also don't think a doorman salary, you'd be able to... To live where Fraser lives. Um, I mean, personally for you, which apartment would you rather live in? Montana no. or 1901? Do you know what? I think about this quite a lot, and I actually think the answer is Ross's. Ross's. <laughs> I really like Ross's. Oh, place is a bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, th- I think hers is a lot more down to earth. Maybe that's mm. why. But I mean, Fraser's apartment's got that sit that that scenic um balcony. I think that would win me every time over Niles, which doesn't seem to have any kind of view at all because no. we are the view. We're looking, is it, is it all internal? Yeah, He's got a window up the staircase, but does he look out at anything? 
Exactly. He do, he says in Doyle M for Martin, he says, come and look, come and look on the balcony or come and join me on the balcony to Martin. Um, you know, in this sinister way, presumably because Martin thinks he's you know trying to kill him. Um yeah, but there's no natural light in the Montana at all. No. So where this balcony is, where it looks out on, I don't know. Um which doesn't... is worrying considering he's got three floors. Yeah, I know. three roofs over your head. Three roofs. Um, and a gift wrapping room. So yeah. <laughs> Where that balcony going to lead, I, I don't know. Um, but we, we're introduced to the bird now, to uh, to Baby, um, who begins with I love you and kind of affectionately nibbling at Nars's earlobes. Love you, Grandma. I love you, Grandma. <laughs> um, so that was that was the previous owner, I think, um, and it's still not kind of unlearned It's yeah. uh, where its affections lie. Um, I kind of wonder how common that is for people kind of, you know, picking up a, a, an exotic bird of paradise from a pet shop or secondhand or something um i have been into a pet shop before where they had a parrot and it did say sort of it does know things and you can say hello to it so i mm. presume that if i then bought that parrot i mean it lived at the pet shop but i presume if you then bought that parrot it would know those phrases mm, I so, think I mean, so. if it spent all that time and everyone that walks into the pet shop goes hello and it says hello back it probably is only going to say hello. Do you know what I mean? It probably knows it just to keep constantly saying because it thinks it has to greet everyone in that way. It's like when you yeah. get a dog to sit, eventually they think they they want you to... They, sorry, I can't get the words out. It wants you to sit all the time. Do you know what I mean? When you offer mm. a dog something and you've taught it to sit, every time you show it that food, it, it just sits down. You think, well, actually, I want you to lay down this time. And you have to then teach it that word to get it to yeah, get it to the yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. With a bird, I imagine... I mean, Eddie must know 400 words. How many does a bird learn? Oh, God. The mind boggles. Birds today. <laughs> Birds today. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Martin kind of facing off of the bird is just absolutely hilarious to me. Um, like, just the way they're kind of bobbing. It's like, I, you know, I can sense a real meaning of minds here. They're going to leave the two of them in the kitchen. To be honest, looking at the actors and, and actresses in that, you can see uh, Jane Leaves looks like she's about to break. Um, Martin, I mean, John Mahoney looks like he's really desperately trying not to laugh doing yeah, that when the bird's do doing it. it. And I, I presume Kelsey walks out and delivers his line because he couldn't stand looking at it any longer. <laughs> it just looks like all of them are really tightly holding their mouth shut, not to not to smile and laugh at that. I mean, John Mahoney owns that scene straight yeah. out. Doesn't he? <laughs> the way they're going to syncopate their little head bobbing is just phenomenal. Uh, my next bullet point is the bird is eating peanut butter. Um, I can't remember where this is from. Do we see it eating or does Niles We mention... don't, but apparently it's even funnier than when Eddie does it. <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> it. Martin comes out and says, are you a peanut butter fan, Steve? Do you know what? I was when I was a kid, but for some reason I can't stand the stuff now and I don't know why. Really? What about like yeah. regular peanuts? Do you like, you know, salted peanuts? I don't, or, don't like no? any nuts at all. Really? Wow. Yeah, I, really I, went off them. Big fan of, I mean, I like cashews, peanuts, I kind of give or take, but I'm a huge, huge PB fan in this house. Um, perfect after a run or something. Whack it on. My, my kind of little diabetes disc is I get a chocolate OT or a chocolate hobnob and I put peanut butter on it and then I put Nutella on top of that. Um, <laughs> and I kind of have it. It's like a little a new battery inside me recharging me. Um, but yeah, peanut butter, huge fan. Um, Stephanie now. We're, we're kind of doing on, on Fraser Fan Club at the moment. Hamish has organized this kind of amazing tournament to, to find the, the ultimate love interest for Fraser. Obviously, Stephanie will be will be in that discussion. She will. What are your thoughts on Stephanie? I don't want to bias. You know what? Your opinion. I, I actually think, I mean, when she when she first comes in that dress, mm. she looks stunning. I, th I think Fraser's got a good match there. You reckon? Um, not just on a on a her looks, obviously, personality. She's very she is intelligent. 
She is. Um, she's definitely keeping keeping pace with with Frazier here. I think she's a bit pushy, like you say, when it comes to the. It's been forty five minutes, and mm. uh, I've got to get up early and all this. You think, and <laughs> yeah, may, maybe adjust your expectations of a dinner party there, Stefano. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what time. What does he, does he say a time originally when he says, "Oh, come round." We're holding a dinner party tomorrow night. I presume he says a time somewhere. I think but... he does. I think he says, you know, maybe come around seven-ish or something like that. So he's expecting to eat before quarter to eight and be home by, what, nine? Yeah, like she's got like what, a, a five-minute walk. No, no, a five-second walk from, from the door. Well, no. <laughs> well, that's the next joke, isn't it? Because he says to her... Uh... He says, oh, you're just next door. And she goes, actually, I'm further down the hall. And he says, well, if you need to lift home. It <laughs> and just, again, it's trying too hard for Aisha. Just shameless, man. He's just <laughs> so, so thirsty. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think I'm convinced by what you just said. Initially, when I rewatched this, I was like, she doesn't seem like the kind of person that Frasier's normally going for. But then, you know, when they're talking about the Pirates of Penzance and that kind of thing, you know, they're on they're on a level when she's keeping you know keeping pace with him and stuff so i, I can see it i can yeah maybe maybe that's what he needed though maybe he needed someone less snotty you know what i mean someone a bit more relaxed and she seems to be that she seems quite friendly and just polite but she's not really snooty like the elaine that then turns up the bad elaine the bad elaine um, who obviously is one of maris's friends and i think maris's friends are that high society stephanie doesn't seem as a high society person she's mm. honestly wealthy living in the montana she's divorced so she lives alone in the montana so why would Frazier not go with that? Why is, yeah. you know, ticks a lot of boxes for him. I think it's a good bit of logic there. Um, I think the way Frazier says her name is extraordinarily full on. Like she says, you know, Stephanie he goes, Stephanie, like lifts his glass. <laughs> you know, really, really gets, turns on like the passionometer. Um, and it's just like, you know, just, and it kind of zooms in on his face. Like Frazier, come on, just, just ease off that pedal a little bit. You know, you can, you can make this work. <laughs> um, so she is going to the dinner party now. Niles makes a joke that she'll be a, uh, so there's something about sitting in her lap. Um, I hope you're comfortable with that arrangement because yeah. that's where she'll be where she'll be sitting. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it. He says, you know, you stop looking and then a beautiful woman falls right into your lap. Um, so we were talking about whether or not this works, Roz's advice, but for Frasier, seemingly it has. Yeah. I mean, all of uh, two hours have passed since he stopped looking. Um, <laughs> whether or not we can going to take that as a, as a proof of the theorem, um, I'm not entirely certain. But there you go. Um, I kind of love the table in the Montana. Um, yeah. It's kind of on a raised day, isn't it? And it's got the kind of the circular thing going on. It looks like it's on marble. Just, I'd love to, I'd love to sit at this table. Wouldn't so it's uh, it, no, it must be on. Surely it must be on a wooden baseboard because what's the? Is it taps at the Montana? Yes. Baseboard, baseboard. <laughs> baseboard, baseboard. Oh, so yeah. I know what you mean. It, it has got sort of like a marble inlay on the top, hasn't it, where the, where the seating area is? That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of a circular table. You don't see them that often anymore. No, They're I mean, not... it's, it's very well dressed as well, isn't it? Even the seat covers and, and the tablecloth. And there's always a massive pyramid of fruit in the middle for some reason. There is. <laughs> no, <laughs> like I've never seen <laughs> um, I mean, the way it's in that little alcove, it doesn't have like curtains, does it, to kind of draw it away? So it, it seems to give off that impression to me. It looks like you could just kind well, of I wrap it, would be it away. A cubicle. <laughs> yeah, it almost looks like a little stage in the corner of the of the of the apartment to me. It's um, a strange layout when you when you look at the way the seating area is anyway you've got to think is he has he got the two chairs looking at the fireplace in this point or is that because that's in one of the party ones in halloween i think and yeah i think that i think there might be one there um yeah and then obviously you've got all the rest of the sofa and everything all the uh the fainting couch fainting they, couch. Had, you know. they had furniture everything back then <laughs> there you go um that all seems to be facing us the fourth wall so it's like well 
what has Miles actually got in the apartment other than lots of lots of chairs and furniture? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it does. It does have a bit of a sparseness to it, I think, compared to, to 1901. Um, in a kind of casual throwaway line now, Fraser mentions that Niles wore a beret to brunch at some point. Very jaunty um, one, apparently. Very jaunty one. That, off, why not? <laughs> that seems so like out of character to me. You know, even when he wears that kind of, you know, driver's flat cap, you know, Fraser absolutely hounds him in the elevator and in a kind of different episode. So a beret, can can you see him in one? It doesn't it doesn't seem right. But it's then maybe tough. you know he's separated from Maris. Maybe he's doing a Ross Geller and trying a new thing a day and he's gonna buy leather pants tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that episode so much. Oh my god, they've made a paste <laughs> yeah. so so good. Um so Stephanie is the first of the guests to arrive, um, I do believe. And yeah, I've got a very interesting dress. It's kind of like flowing. There's like a big scarf going on. Like it's it's very, you know, I don't know if she if she got the vibe that the dinner party was going to be super elegant. It does look a little bit... It's a bit yeah, showy. It's more of a sort of dinner and dance sort of elegant night out not i'm like a moon three dance. doors down yeah yeah like <laughs> just, just popping feels... a couple of doors down to a neighbor's house <laughs> so she throws on the silks yeah. um it does Take have a, a little yeah, black dress out <laughs> quite stagey um you know like the is it the red wine is that what in, in the crucible he says the, the wine's too stagey yeah. um that's what this kind of reminds me of but um yeah i don't know you know she looks nice i'm sure she's she's owning it that's 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 all good fraser is as we have well established, horny as F in this scene. And this doesn't get any any better once he sees Stephanie in this new dress. Um, someone's name is Weller now. I I couldn't tell whether Weller was a serious name. Because <laughs> who, who, who who says it, Weller? Or is it Willa? Is it Carol is it Carol? I'm trying to look at names. Yeah, Carol Larkin. She walks in and it's her niece. With her. Yeah, it's it's Carol and the other guy. Who's the guy that? Uh, yes, with Churchill. Oh, I can't think of his name. Pete, no, not head, Peter. Peter's a lush. No, Carol's a lush. Carol's Peter's a lush. Lech. Peter's a lech. Peter comes with Elaine. Peter comes with Elaine. Um, and Carol's with the older guy, the older oh, gentleman. God damn! Let me let me load up KSL and, and find out. Um, but I'm sure when Carol Larkin walks in, she says, "And our niece, Weller." Alfred, Alfred is the guy. Alfred and um, Carol, then. Yeah, I'm Carol Larkin. My husband, Alfred. This is our niece, Wella. Whose niece lives with them? In <laughs> and why is she going with them to this kind of like very, you know, just normal housewarming dinner party? Um, I must admit that, I mean, I haven't lived with my mum and dad for a long time, but I imagine if they now said to me, You're coming to stay at ours for a couple of nights. And by the way, the neighbours are having a soiree. Would you like to come? I'd say no. Yeah. <laughs> why, would I, why would I want to? It'd be a very easy decision for you to make. I get the impression Weller doesn't have much going in her yeah. uh, kind of Thanks social for the offer. Not bothered. Not well, bothered. The rest of them are on the, aren't the others on the uh, sort of co-op board? Isn't that why he's invited them? Oh, might be. Yeah, I think because so. Because he wants to impress the new neighbours and get in with people. So obviously the Larkins, that makes sense. Peter and Elaine? They obviously live there. They do. But he didn't know that Elaine was one of Maris's friends living in the Montana. Yeah. Or does Peter live there and he brings Elaine as a date? There's so many, so many questions. I mean, there's another kind of inconsistency when um, he mentions they're having like a kind of a bird. I can't remember which bird he mentions. And we hear 
a squawk um, of baby in the kitchen. And then Fraser says, as you know, he is a stickler for freshness. They've well, never can... met him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that. <laughs> I can tell you what bird it is. It's a, it's a favourite of mine. It's a pheasant. Pheasant? I thought it was pheasant. Yeah. Which but... also confuses me when he says he's been in the kitchen for 45 minutes. And I can tell you that a pheasant takes about 30 minutes to roast because it's quite a small bird. It's not like a chicken. A little... It's not a turkey. Um, so... About half an hour. <laughs> but as we know, he's a stickler for freshness. But of course, I've never met him. So uh, what the hell? <laughs> Um, Fraser then kind of later it comes back he's stalling he's quoting the the Churchill anecdote um, which is hilarious but but obviously Churchill I can't I don't actually know the context but Churchill told this himself did he yeah yeah this was part of like its own thing for, for an anecdote of Churchill's why does Fraser think it's appropriate to use that as a kind of diversionary tactic I just I don't even know how you get on to... Have you heard of this British politician? Let's talk about it. Yeah. And for to go, yes, I have, from Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's so cutting. I feel such an idiot. After, like, you know, trying to entertain an entire party and then and then that. You know. Well, it's the same as when... Uh, what's the... Uh, I can't remember the episode. It's when Fraser says about the... Uh, Oh, the hilarious cartoon, The New Yorker. Let me describe it to you. That's it, man. That's <laughs> it. And like, as someone who's got a New Yorker subscription, but he's recently tried to cancel it, they barely make me laugh when I can see it. So <laughs> Frasier describing it, not, not going to work. Um, I put now, I put Stephanie quite full on here. She's known Frasier for basically a total of maybe th- less than 30 minutes if we take the door and the yep. time she's been in here. And she's literally saying, I was hoping we could get some alone time, her hands on him. Maybe Fraser's not the only super horny one in this episode. But then when he, well, obviously the reveal is that Stephanie's horny, mm. comes out from the bird <laughs> and he says, no, 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 I said that about me, not you. She gets really annoyed and walks out. Hold on a second, you want an alone time? <laughs> you want yeah, to sit I, next I, to I, each I, other? She doesn't like being confronted, I think, with the reality of it. But I think they're both hot for each other. Yeah, you know? it's quite clear. I mean, she is it. She says, oh, we're sitting next to each other. I won't have to change the name places. Do you know what I mean? She's gone in there with an agenda. She has. But is no. very offended that the bird calls her out on it. <laughs> <laughs> the bird saw through a mile off. Um, I've put here, I don't know if, you, if you're going to had the same thing, um, kind of get clocked for you as you're watching, but I did find Peter's acting particularly bad, um, especially when he's like, oh, that little bit when he's like, now that was a sight. Like whatever he's like, uh, yeah. just the delivery, the camera angle, everything is off for well, me. I almost felt like someone had written his lines on the back of the bad Elaine. He was literally like looking at her, and then he sort of says his lines. It's it's yeah, it's terrible. I mean, it's it, not good. He makes then, Clive and, look fluid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then like later when he says something offensive, he's like, "What did the bird say?" Or you know, is this is this is this your idea of a joke? He's like, he's got the Dutch accent again. But when he yeah. says the other line, he sounds British. Yeah. So, I, Peter, what's your game, man? I just, <laughs> I just don't understand. Maybe listeners can tell us, do we think he's really Dutch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what nationality really is Peter? You know, if baby can't figure it out, do any of us have a chance? Um, now, Niles obviously comes out, the big reveal now. He's like, I'm so sorry, you should all go. But they're like, no, this is this is fine, Niles. There's, everyone has an embarrassing moment at a dinner party. You should stay. Let's give it another 30 minutes, etc. Well, so he starts... Carol's just spilled wine on her dress. Exactly. <laughs> and then they're pouring some more wine. The bird, Carol's a lush. Um, I just think, it, it, I mean, it goes without saying, but it is an incredible idea for an episode. Let's get a frigging cockatoo to just drop the brothers in it. I yeah. mean, 
how how does the mind even go there but it is such a brilliant concert and very unique i think for like they do reuse ideas along the, at the court you have to across yeah, 11 yeah, yeah. seasons but this is pretty much its own thing do you know what i've never seen have you ever seen hot in cleveland no I, i'm familiar with it you will enjoy this bit of trivia so greg Berger, he's the voice of baby really he's a voice actor okay oh my god so that actually isn't baby speaking no, no, it's not the bird. Who'd wow. have thought that? Wow. But in Hot in Cleveland, there is a parrot called Barry, and Greg Berger is also the voice of Barry the parrot. Oh, my God. So he's worked with Jane Leaves twice. As a, as a bird. <laughs> as a voice of a bird. <laughs> wow. Now, that is like a two degrees of separation that you're just never going to beat. So um, I looked up Greg Berger a bit more and found he's actually done voices in Rugrats, the uh, Nickelodeon cartoon. No way. Nancy Cartwright of Simpsons fame. I didn't realize she was in Rugrats. She's done a voice in Rugrats. He's also worked on The Simpsons, Johnny Bravo, Hey Arnold. He's also done a lot of video games, including Call of Duty and Metal Gear Solid. Wow. Game so he's life. actually quite a famous voice actor that no one knows. No one knows because he sounds exactly like a cockatoo. <laughs> so um, I can only presume he's a bit like the new Mel White, Mel Blanc. He's the yeah. man of a thousand voices that no one knows who he is. He's just, yeah. In some ways, there's kind of a beauty in that, staying in, in the in the in the shadows, you know, being a great kind of voice actor, but not needing to have the burden of fame. I don't know. Maybe he likes it that way. Yeah. Just, um, uh, who knows? A bit of interest in uh, geeky trivia there, though. Oh, uh, always a pleasure, Steve. Very welcome <laughs> on this podcast. I mean, that's going to be news to most people listening, I think. And I just, that's so great. I love that. Um, we now obviously have the, the reveal, the drop of you know, the birds drop the minute, you know. Stephanie's horny. She's freaking out. Frasier trying to salvage things by saying, no, I'm the horny one. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was <laughs> never going to save it, was it? <laughs> In what universe is that going to claw? No, Stephanie, it's not you. I'm horny. See? I'm horny. <laughs> um, just, yeah, it doesn't work at all. But there we go. You know, it's, it's not going to bring her back, Frasier. Stephanie then ringing the doorbell as a, a really cruel touch here. Just, you know, get the bird to, to dig in and, and scream and... Um, just yeah, so some some really kind of great writing at this uh, the, the denouement of this episode. Frasier calls Stephanie his most romantic prospect in years. Do you well, agree with that assessment? He has known her for an hour at best. And when was the last? <laughs> I remember the tree was still up. The tree when was still the last up. time Frasier really was actually invested in anyone in the show. I can't even think. Who was the last person we saw him go on a date with? Oh, well, obviously four for the seesaw, but that ended terribly. Yeah, that um, was and, and and Laura Paris, far better for me, yeah. fit wise. Way than... better match. Way yeah, better match. Way I'm really better. jealous that Keith was around for that. I'd, I'd have jumped all over four for Honestly, the Honestly, I mean the episode's <laughs> so good. Um, I loved listening to. I must admit, huge praise to that. That was a brilliant episode. Oh, thank you, Steve. Yeah, I love that episode. Um, but yeah, she she's a much better fit than Stephanie. I just think you know. Maybe this is the horniness speaking again. I don't think that's right, French. I don't think he seemed is. more physically interested in Stephanie than he did with Laura, which is a shame because I actually think that Laura was more attractive. But mm, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, listeners, let us know. You know, Stephanie was she right for Frage or is he just you know speaking with a with the, with his <laughs> hormones here? Um, you might be able to shed some light on this, Steve. Um, we do often kind of ask our American listeners to uh, to clarify things. The whole wearing white after Labor Day. I would never wear a white bird after Labor Day. No, I wouldn't do that. But what what is the? Do you know the 
I've, so I've sure. looked it up a long mm. time ago because I was always curious. Um, there's so many films about wearing white after Labor Day. It's, it's mentioned in so many films. I think one of the one of the most famous ones that I've seen was uh, Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore. Right. And they, I don't know what she she does something. She wears white and goes to school because she's she's a news reporter and she tries to go back into a high school and uh, report as a teen even though she's an adult. And I think she wears white and, and they, all the girls at the school laugh and oh, who'd wear white after Labor Day? And I can't remember what it is. John Beale would know this and will now say, why didn't you get me on this damn podcast? I'd have told you that straight away. <laughs> I know. I just, I just don't, I'm going to, I'm going to Google it here. It may have stemmed from practicality. Wearing white after Labor Day meant you were someone who had the means to have end of summer vacations. There you Wearing go. your whites beyond Labor Day was just while well showing off. Wearing white was a sign of wealth. Um, uh, but maybe there's a little bit more to it. I know our, our listeners often kind of chip in with these things. So do MK is going to know the answer. That MK will know. He's the source. Going to jump on that one. <laughs> um, the post cred scene. Do you remember what was happening in the post credits? I don't. The bird is on Fraser's head. Ah, um, yes. And I think he's got the the thing. You know, he's trying yeah, to get yeah, his, yeah. He's the cracker. Um, completely forgot that the bird ever. You know, transplants from one head of the crane boys to the other. I just didn't realize. Do you, notice, is, uh, do you notice how much taller the bird gets when it's on Niles's shoulder? When it gets on his head under the cloth, <laughs> the bird appears about six inches bigger. <laughs> I hadn't noticed that, actually. That's such a good point, yeah? Yeah, it's absolutely huge on his head, and I can only presume that's because the tea towel had to not obscure his face. So they've made the bird taller to that is such have a, a tea good towel Oh my god! I mean, they could have like just got a smaller towel, or, you know, just yeah. make it get a smaller piece of fabric. I mean... <laughs> yeah, got one up, but um, yeah, that's a really yeah. good point. Um, really good stuff. Um, but yeah, that is the, the kind of end of my review notes. There, Steve, is this episode in your personal fan top ten? I reckon it's top twenty-five. Mm, I wouldn't. You're, you're a fan me. then. Yeah. Um... I think he's got a lot of good stuff in it, a lot mm. of good stuff. One thing I didn't actually mention, um, which I'll bring up here, is Carol Larkin actually spills wine on her dress in this episode. She also spills it wine on her dress in Taps at the Montana in season six. Is she in, he, that, it's in that episode? When he invites them back because uh, the, the doctor's been, is it Dr. Lowry? I think I so. Say Lowry. Yeah, yeah, he's obviously been doing the taps, uh, the tap dancing. And he invites Carol Larkin is in there again, and she uh, spills one on her dress for a second time. So Carol is a lush. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, she is a lush. Um, who did you go for best actor pick this week? I can't go for Baby the Cockatoo, can I? That's just. Uh, I mean, just Baby a, recur. I think she's in another episode. Yeah, the one that she actually dies in, which is ironic. Spoiler alert for that. Mm. Um, because you could one, pick her if you wanted. This one's called To Kill a Talking Bird. She doesn't die in this one, but she does, however, die in the second one. In a different one. So, strange they didn't call that. Obviously, she talks in this one. Um, I'd probably have to say Niles, actually. I think David Hyde Pierce would... It's quite phenomenal acting with, with obviously, the bird on his head and how he's ducking in and out of the kitchen. Um, yeah, I'd go with DHP. I have also gone with Niles. I think he's got a lot to do in this episode physically and... When he's out there pouring the wine, the birds just dropping him in it. There's just some really, really good stuff here. And yeah. Fraser's just a little bit too kind of sex mad in this episode to uh to really give him other material to work on. So can we just um, um quickly have you noticed something about the kitchen? 
I know you mentioned this before we came on air about the kitchen and having the fridge in it. But have you noticed that Niles' kitchen has a door on it, which you can hear Niles screaming and birds making noise through. But Fraser's kitchen doesn't have a door on and you can't hear anything. Yeah, very good point. Not only does it have a door on, gap. it's basically open on like all, on all sides. Yeah. Um, Niles yeah. is being closed. You can hear everything that he says in there, every bird squawk, yet nothing in Fraser's with no door. Honestly, that kitchen is like, it exists outside of time in 1901. <laughs> Um, Kennedy Burling, Steve, what exotic pet does he own? Kennedy Burling has got a lot of tarantulas. A lot of tarantulas. That really, really feels right to me. Yeah, he likes, he, uh, he likes having those sort of neon lights in a spare room full oh. of cages and crates of tarantulas. Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> anyone who... anyone who owns them, listeners, you know, fair play to you, and I do not judge you, but I could not do that. No, um, I couldn't have one in the house, let alone... No. I just, I just spiders, not good with um, tarantulas. What the hell? You, you just look like the most incredibly scary thing I've ever seen. So I just can't, I just can't do that. Um, who's crazy anyway? All that remains, Steve, is to play our little game before we jump over to listener mail. Who says the word "pretend"? And it's only used once in this episode. Actually, oh. no, it's not. It's used three times. Same person. No, it's used by two people, so I'm going to have to pick a different line for you. Um, I'm going to leave this in. I'm not going to cut this out, listeners. You can just hear what an idiot I am. Um, okay, I've got one for you. I've got one for you. Who used the word drill? Used once. Drill. Drill. That's probably... Slightly... Main cast or guest star? Uh <sighs> I'm going to tell you it's main cast, but that is a big clue. We normally don't allow such concessions on a... Who's pro anywhere? I'm um, going to get it wrong. I don't think it's, I know. it's easier than pretend, I think. Pretend is hard. But... It's I think it's Niles, and he says, the bird will say anything, they drill it into them at the pet shop or something like that. <sighs> you have got the context. It's Fraser that says it, isn't it? Martin no. says it. He says, oh, they can't talk. They just drill a few words into the pet shop and they never learn anything else after that. Um, oh. It is attractive, though. Yeah, well, that's the way they are. Cute but stupid. Cute but stupid. Cute but stupid. There we go. Do you know what I was thinking? I always think of Home Alone 3 when I watch this episode because he has the bird that can talk. Um, I've only seen Home Alone 3 a couple of times. I don't like it, not, not compared to the first two. No one That's does, but I watched it a lot when I was a kid. So like, it, it has a big nostalgic appeal to me. I think it gets That's a bad probably an rap. age gap between me and you, isn't it, though? Yeah, like, but I just I, I, older, love, so. I love one and two. Like, Don't get me wrong, but I think three gets a bad rap because one and two are so canonical as, at Christmas. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's not Macaulay Culkin. And, but like, it, it kind of makes... It, it doesn't make more sense. They never make sense. But there's just something, you know... Something about it. It's um, good from the third. Has a very young Scarlett Johansson in as his sister. Yeah, um, yeah. She's literally like 14 in the film. <laughs> there you go. Um, shall we jump over to listener mail this week, Steve? Before we do, mm. I've got one other thing to add for you. To kill a talking bird, obviously, you know the reference. To kill a mockingbird, of course. Did you know Hardly. that Rosemary Murphy, the actress who plays Carol Larkin, who constantly spills wine on her dress? was in To Kill a Mockingbird in 1962. No, I did not. Can I take a guess who she plays? Have you got that in front of you? Um, I haven't got it in front of me, but I'll remember if you say the right name. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say, is, what's her name? Mayella Yawl? Let me get IMDb up. That is the, the girl that accuses Tom Robinson of attacking her. She plays 
Is it Mordy Atkinson? Oh, I don't even know who that character is, but there we go. And obviously um, Gregory Peck plays Atticus Finch. I studied and watched that in GCSE, and it's an amazing book and film. Um, so I've never seen the film. I don't think I've ever read the book. But after both, this sort of thing, I think right, I need to go and do that. Both are both amazing. Both amazing, to be honest. Um, really, really good. Uh, but that's a great bit of trivia. That I love that. Not nice way of the uh, Frasier producers obviously bringing someone from that film into mm. an episode with that name. Yeah, massively so. Massively so. Right on that note, let's uh, let's jump over to trivia. Uh, not trivia corner. Let's the mail. I'm not going back to trivia corner. <laughs> no, that but that ship is like nightmare in for me. That place. <laughs> I'll never return. <laughs> Ross, who's our next caller? Okay, so listener mail this week opens with NJR UK says, Chaps, first time caller here. I discovered the podcast back in November and have been catching up ever since. Honestly, I've heard both your voices more over the last few months. I've heard my own husband's finally caught up. So I'm joining Reddit and joining the fun. Will, got to say, your PhD on small town America sounds absolutely fascinating. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you very much. We live in London, but love traveling the USA and have seen some absolutely gorgeous small towns, especially in Maine and the Northeast. Google Ogunquit, which I'm going to do after we finish recording. Although actually one of my favorite trips started in Seattle and took us down to San Francisco by train and onwards by car to Los Angeles along Route 1 along the Pacific Coast. Amazing stuff. This was one of my favorite We're Listening episodes. It made me look at Death and the Dog with fresh eyes. Well done. I love dialogue-heavy episodes like this. The show's writers are so talented and always know how to use the amazing cast to best effect. Keep up the good work. Best wishes, Nick R. Thank you very much, Nick. Oh, yeah, I should have said Dr. Will. No, please, <laughs> please. Uh, MK, next. This was a really good episode of the podcast. I don't know why. I don't know why. I presume that's how MK wanted me to bring <laughs> Definitely. Will, Will, yes, A Day in the Life is my favourite, uh, one of my favourite Beatles songs for most of the reasons you said. Yes. Uh, Nanny G makes an appearance in Cheers, and she is played by Emma Thompson. Mm. I that. I can now only imagine Will wandering around campus yelling death like Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Trivium fun bits for to kill a mocking uh, to kill a talking bird. I've got that on my brain. There we go. Given the pirate reference Fraser makes to Niles upon seeing Baby on his shoulder the first time, helps to further the complex little pirate narrative. Mm-hmm. Somewhat entitled upper class attitude, Fraser has by f- threatening to use medical power of attorney and his influence as a reference to get what he wants. Dark side of Fraser, indeed. Mm. Niles comments on how perfect his seating chart is, a very good thorough trait, given how later we'll find out how much working on a seating chart cheers up the collier. I meant Crane Brothers. Yes, is that from Dinner Party? Yeah, that's Dinner Party. Lovely. Six, isn't it? Uh, once baby is stuck, Frazier suggests that Niles goes to the vet while they talk in the kitchen. Niles says, I can't walk through there with this thing on my head, which is interesting as they must not have included a back door to the apartment yet, given that Frazier and Martin will covertly enter via the back door in Daphne Does Dinner. Season there we go. 14. Uh, fun accidental coincidence but the last thing we see in the episode is Fraser and Niles leaving the apartment with baby still on his head as soon as it cuts to the credits our old familiar credits theme starts with the usual lyrics who with a delightful double meaning this episode hey baby there we go some lovely trivia and fun bits there from, uh, into a lot of that. lovely lovely stuff um, it's come to you. Um, it's happened again, Steve. I'm gonna be reading your comment out. Are you ready for this? It's meant to be. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Do you want me to read it out exactly as you've written it down here? Go for it. Go, go for it. it. 
gentlemen, should I address you as Dr. Will and his psychic key? I just, I feel really bad because everyone's been saying this. Key is, you know, Key's a full-blown qualified lawyer. And you, you know, know what? I nearly wrote Dr. Will and his sidekick key QC. But key I QC. Sure. I think someone's, <laughs> someone puts that in a different one, but you know, key, key is more qualified and successful than me. So I hope, uh, I hope everyone knows that. Um, well, what a way to start my Sunday morning drive to work, an episode of We're Listening. With regard to Death and the Dog, you guys talked about the apartment numbers at Elliott Bay. The floor numbers, in my opinion, coincide with where the apartment is. So Frazier lives in the first apartment on floor 19, hence 1901. That is very good. And that definitely makes sense no way is there 2000 apartments in the block um, however cam winston does live in 2000 i presume on the 20th floor an apartment previously owned by freddie chainsaw of the newport chainsaws when fraser references him living in the penthouse suite above 13b makes no sense though maybe she lives in the janitor's closet on the 13th floor steve you've really opened my eyes to my I thought in- about this a lot <laughs> i was just being a moron when i was trying to work this out but you've you've, you've cleared that up um I've listened to the BBC radio special on the Beatles within the last year, and they discussed heavily A Day in the Life, and wow, the trivia behind how they recorded that song is amazing. Try and find it or research the recording methods. It's also one of my favourite Beatles songs. George is my favourite Beatle, and I literally don't know why. I, I'll have to find that. If you can drop me a link to that at any point, Steve. I'll have to look it up. It's that epi- that song is just so haunting um, to me. One of the parts, they, they, they talk about how they, they use something like 38 pianos or something, Oh, it's that bit where it's that like, last call that goes dong. Yeah. And there's a time where I think the guy's going one, two, three in the end, and, and you can hear a, a bell ring. Mm. And that was a bloke in the studio counting how many bars rest they were waiting for the band to come back in, and they left the counting in. It's, it's fantastic to listen Amazing. to how they created it. Amazing. Um, Good Night Sweetheart is a brilliant show. I would love it. I'm with Key on that one. Nicholas Lindhurst is excellent in it. I used to watch this a lot when it first aired. Caroline the City Season 2 has a similar episode to Death in the Dark. The episode is called Caroline and the Therapist. It's about Caroline's cat who is depressed and acting oddly. There's something very familiar about this. Death and the Dog first aired in Feb 1997. Caroline and the Therapist aired December 96. Caroline the City, of course, stars, stars Eric Lutz, who Frasier fans know as Tom Duran, the station manager at KSEL in the episode The Matchmaker. And of course, his bizarre cameo in Agents in America Part 3. Um, <laughs> beautiful poem read at the end. Thanks for sharing, Will. Will we hear more from this writer or where can we see more of her work? I mean, she's no John Rajeski, but wow. I actually don't know. Um, that was, of course, it was Dr. Rosie Reynolds. I don't know if she's written anymore, but I'll, I'll reach out and let her know that there are listeners who want I think more, we need to hear more. Want more poems. Um, will there be a We're Listening special for our upcoming 100th episode? Very good question. Probably with how busy we both are. Um, probably not. I think we'll be saving everything for the live the live oh. episode at the end of the season. Um, I, I wish I'm on air upset. <laughs> I, wish we, <laughs> I wish we could do something, but I don't know. Other than another live app, I'm not sure. If anyone's got any ideas what they'd like to hear me and you know me and Key do for a, for a special episode, it doesn't have to include or be live or include others. Um, you know, let us know. Um, thank you from Sydney Asbasket, who of course remains anonymous and unknown in the yeah, French community. He's a fine gentleman, I've heard. Fine gentleman. <laughs> right, next is Blue in the North. Hi, Kai. Uh, hi, Kai. Hi, Key and Dr. Carol. Another Dr. Mm. Carol and Key QC, obviously. Key QC. Um, great podcast episode, as always. I love this episode of the Fra- of Frasier. As the owner of a lovely dog who's very similar to Eddie, I will say that he has picked up on many words. He's known breakfast and dinner since he was a puppy. 
now years down the road, even when I'm asking my boyfriend what he wants for D-I-N-N-E-R, my dog will sprint in from the other room and start begging. So I guess in addition to knowing words, he can spell as well. Love that. He spells with ease and bends his knees while he's doing it. Uh, to put in my two cents as a woman, I wouldn't hesitate to date a gynecologist. I don't really see the issue. It's very clinical profession. And if he collected antique gynecological equipment, well, I love antiques. We could even go antiquing together. Mm. If I was feeling down in the dumps, I'd treat myself to an episode of this podcast. Listening to you two friends chat every week always lifts my spirits. Thank you for doing this. It's like you have let us all feel like we are your friends too. What a beautiful comment. Thank very you. Very nice comment. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Um, or you've got me and, and not, not Will and Keely. Don't you dare, apology. Steve. You are also <laughs> being referenced in these comments. I know. Don't you worry. Um, perfectly cromulent me says, hey, guys, wonderful episode. Definitely has a different feel than the others. and think that's why it's a standout for me. I pop in my earbuds and listen to this pod when I'm doing housework. I stood by my dishwasher with my hand over my mouth when Key said vaginal wars. Sweet, <laughs> merciful crap, man. I was wide awake after that. Also, George is by far my favourite Beatle. He was so dear and seemed so quietly unassuming, despite the fact that he's a rock genius. Key, here, there and everywhere is gorgeous, classic Paul Ballard. I sing it to my daughters every now and then. As far as the actual episode, Death in the Dark, did you notice that Roz is set up with a Dr. Kagan and then years down the road in Wills of Fortune with Michael Keaton as Fraser's former brother-in-law, Blaine Sternin, Blaine's doctor that Fraser keeps trying and failing to get on the phone is called Dr. Kagan. Just piqued my interest. I don't know if there's a connection. Lastly, please, please, please do a Simpsons podcast once we're listening as wrapped up. Your Simpsons references always make me laugh. Fraser and the Simpsons are my two favorite shows. So I love when these two worlds collide. Anyway, have a lovely day, gents. Thank you for what you do. Lovely. Well, I hate to say it. I've watched The Simpsons, but I haven't watched every episode of The Simpsons like you guys. I mean, but- I've only watched like every ep up to season 10, like not beyond that. You know, well, that's- when, this, when this Simpsons podcast happens... Let me know, because I'll watch them for a first time and come on and let you know how I feel as a first time. Yes, do, do. (laughs) Right, so I know that this name is going to be Road Warrior 2000, but is it Red Wearer? Red Wearer. Red Red Wearer. (laughs) Hi, Dr. Will and KeyQC. There it is. But congratulations on your PhD. I saw a friend defend their thesis here in the Netherlands, albeit it's part of the ceremony. It was still intense to witness, so kudos to you indeed. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much. Key, it's great to hear some love for Goodnight Sweetheart. If you need a co-host, I'm in. Sorry, Will, but in Frasier's best voice, good. Oh, <laughs> it was a great show and underrated in my opinion. I think Nicholas Lindhurst doesn't get the credit he deserves for doing something that isn't Rodney, which is definitely true in my opinion as well. You brought up Frasier's past marriages in Death and the Dog episode. And as a Cheers fan, I thought I could clarify. Frasier was indeed first married to Nanny G. This is pre-Cheers. Oh. She does make an appearance and as uh, MK confirmed it's Emma Thompson that plays her. Frazier then is engaged to Diane, but he is left at the altar and is, of course, married to Lilith after. But at the end of Cheers, she does leave him for the eco pod with another man. Frazier's suicide attempt all happen on that show that he talks about with Martin occur in the last few episodes of the last season. And then between the end of Cheers and beginning of Frazier, they get divorced. Yes, we've me and Keith actually watched that episode with the suicide attempt, and we were going to review it, but we never got around to it. But uh, yeah, we watched that Cheers ep. I need to get there. I've, I've watched a couple of Cheers, but not more mm. of the early stuff. Never with Frasier in actually. Yeah. So. Um, however, there is one more engagement to add to this. In an episode of Cheers, Frasier is set up with a woman called Candy by Sam. 
after Fraser has a disastrous date with Lilith pre them officially getting together. After one evening together, only Fraser and Candy return to the bar the next day and announce to all that they are getting married and plan to have a ceremony in the bar itself later on that day. Mm. In the end, it doesn't happen. But what is good about this is that Candy is played by Jennifer Tilly, who then plays Kim for one episode in Fraser in the final season, the whipped cream Ronnie's mother and I'm lactose intolerant <laughs> episode. <laughs> Kim and Candy are very similar characters, and I always wondered what they didn't have her play Candy instead of some 20-odd years later. I always feel like the writers missed a great opportunity to do some kind of full-circle moment for the two of them. So in conclusion, he was married twice, and I believe engaged twice more. Sorry for the long read, and as always, keep up the great work and content. Mm, I love the Jennifer Tilly line, and she's like, wow, I've met more people in this apartment than I did at the bar. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't slip fully into that. I'm lactose intolerant anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good. Um, Chromium Sapling writes, congratulations on the PhD, Will. That is incredible. I hope one day I'll have the same title. Another phenomenal episode in the books. I too managed to lose the remote, and more importantly, my keys in between the folds of the sofa nearly every time I sit in it. Best, Thomas. Thank you very much, Chromium Sapling. That is very kind. Do you know what's good about that sofa? When you sit in it, you don't have to look at it. There you go. <laughs> Very true. Uh, next, we have Kerm Winston, <gasps> Hammy, uh, Dr. Will, and Lawyer Key. Great mm. podcast episode as usual. Standards have been set, and you keep bringing the entertainment each week. You mentioned department numbers, and after reading Sydney's comments, I have to agree with him. Well, of course, Hammy, we're on the same page, aren't we, Sam? There we go. I worked in hotels for a year and the room numbers are always floor number attached to the room number. A 2000 room hotel, gee whiz, Carol. <laughs> the only way we could fill that was Fraser Fan Club. We're listening podcast could be. <laughs> anyway, other stuff. Death and the dog. It was his toy that made him sad. From memory, you mentioned how a toy could do that in its current form. Would it not act as a metaphor, as a symbol of happiness? To Eddie, it would be the toy as his symbol, whereas yourself, if I may, would be something like your piano or your books. Mm, I would be very sad without books. Yeah, and your piano, I'd imagine. Mm. Mm, or a Steinway. Or a Steinway. Uh, four for the seesaw. Cracking episode. For me, one of Kelsey Grammer's best of the entire show. He shows his physical acting here in the cabin, and I salute that. To kill a talking bird. Rock, Stephanie's horny. I uh, hope <laughs> appreciates my impression there. Peace, lads, and as always, hashtag up the villa, Hammy, a.k.a. Cam Winston. Winston, perfect. And finally, Reclia77, who says, I find it annoying when I sit down on the chair or sofa and I hear the dreaded sound of coins falling out of my pocket. Such a pain getting them back. To kill a talking bird, there's nothing quite like an opening full to the brim of quality lines to get you settled for a promising episode. Each of the main cast, bar Raz, has some cracking witty dialogue that keeps the humour going strong in that opening scene. I was pleasantly surprised to see the guest's understanding of his situation when the bird is stuck to Niles' head. But alas, it being a crane party, it still goes wrong. A shame. Thank you, Reckley. Thank you, everyone who wrote in this week. Lovely to hear from you all. Um, we will be back next week. Um, and I believe Key will be in his usual usual post um, as we do Roz's Krantz and Goldenstein are dead, um, which I'm very much looking forward to as I'm a huge James Earl Jones fan. Um, and love his cameo in that episode but steve your second time in the hot seat amazing performance as always you've come in at the 11th hour save the podcast with your brilliant bit of trivia thank you for coming on hope you've had a good time thanks for having me i felt like saying uh i've been uh cute but stupid but um unfortunately in trivia corner i couldn't quite perform as well as key may have done in that one (laughs) i'm desperate to know is it caitlin's question i need to know 
the reference. I'm going to get chocolate cake from Bavaria. I'm going to get onto Hammy right now and and and, and make make him explain because you know you were you're really up against it with some of those cues. Maybe, um, maybe that one was an in joke for Key. Maybe, maybe I don't even know if it was. I don't I really don't know. Um, but yeah, thank you, thank you so much, Steve. It's been a pleasure to to do this with you again. Um, and you know, I'm sure you'll you'll be on future episodes. Um, that goes without saying. But other than that, I've been Will. I've been Steve. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.